everyone. Welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices, plus the knowledge to keep your organization in compliance, HR works. The holiday season is nearly upon us, and for many employers, that means it's time to plan the end-of-the-year company party. According to a recent BLR survey, nearly three in four companies provide a year-end celebration of some kind to celebrate the holidays or just to say thank you to their employees. When planning that party, the focus is naturally on event details such as when and where the party will be held, what food will be served, and how to ensure a pleasant outing for employees while likely working within a budget. But what can often get overlooked in the planning process are legal considerations and the potential liability for employers if something goes wrong during, or in some cases even after, the event. To shed some light on these issues and provide tips and best practices on how to ensure your organization's year-end event is safe and incident-free, we've asked Michelle Lee Flores of Cozen O'Connor to join us. Michelle focuses her practice on all aspects of employment litigation including jury and bench trials, arbitration, mediation, and pre-litigation negotiations involving sex, race, religion, age, and disability harassment and discrimination, and wage and hour violations, including class actions and wrongful termination. Michelle is a frequent lecturer and author of various articles on employment law published in the Los Angeles Daily Journal, Employment Law 360, and Los Angeles Business Journal, and has been a guest legal commentator on several television shows, such as Studio 11 LA on Fox TV and KUSI San Diego. She was most recently named a 2016 California Super Lawyer, and previously she was named a 2014 and 2015 California Super Lawyer and selected as a Super Lawyer's Rising Star. She earned her law degree from the University of California at Los Angeles School of Law and her bachelor's degree, magna cum laude, from Arizona State University, where she was a member of Phi Beta Kappa. Welcome to HR Works, Michelle. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. One of the first decisions a company needs to make about its holiday party is location, whether to host its party on company property or at a third-party establishment such as a restaurant or club. So what are the advantages and disadvantages to employers for hosting the parties on-site versus off-site, and which of these do you recommend, and why? Well, as far as recommending, I would say I'm going to give the typical lawyer answer, which is it depends, and it really depends on the goals of the company. And what I mean by that is sometimes the employees will see a party on-premises as um, not as festive <laughs> because they go there to work every day um, as opposed to uh, a, a off-site third party, whether it be a restaurant or some other uh, type of venue. And so really some, some thought should be put to whether or not you want to have, um, you know, what is this party saying to, to uh, your employees? One of the things that I think a lot of uh, employers think about is, well, if we have it at a 
restaurant or some other third-party venue that liability will be eliminated. And I can say that, I, uh, you know, depending on the states and depending on the particular facts, liability is not necessarily going to be eliminated if you have it at, uh, at another location. Because, and this is one of the, one of the things, is, is it considered work-related? So, uh, you know, as far as what would I, the advantages and disadvantages is um, it might seem more festive if it's at another location. Um, certainly, however, depending on where that location is, some employees might feel that that is out of their, um, you know, out, out of their zone. It's harder to get to. Uh, it's more of a trek. And, and again, all of these things you want to have as voluntary. Uh, you want to make a party that says thank you or happy holidays or end of year, you know, the year was great or we survived it or whatever, whatever the particular uh, message is going to be or all of those perhaps. Um, but one of the things is we want to make sure that it's voluntary and that people feel that it really, they are not pressured to go necessarily, um, but that this is for them if they want to participate. Okay, that's helpful. Now, you mentioned uh, work-related. What's the significance of whether the event is considered work-related? Well, um, you know, one of my um, basic commentaries on these is if you are interacting with coworkers, regardless of the situation, good practice is to always think that it is work-related. Being mindful that your interactions with coworkers could affect your workplace regardless of when those interactions are. Um, one of the things, however, as far as um, is it work-related, um, whether or not liability would attach is another question. And again, that's case and fact-specific. It depends on the state laws as well. Um, but again, efforts to reduce um, liability you can make, uh, can't totally eliminate it, but if you make it voluntary, voluntary um, it does allow for that to say, well, um, this was voluntary, you weren't required to come. But again, um, if it, I always uh, recommend for friends, family, and even my clients um, to think of if it's an activity where there is uh, coworkers involved, then it could be work-related for purposes of interaction, but may not be work-related for purposes of liability. But again, it's one thing to think, well, would this arise in a lawsuit? Because I get that question all the time. Is it illegal? Would it arise in something? Um, but one of the things to think about is how, how could this start or create an issue that wasn't first um, you know, uh, wouldn't have been there otherwise, but because you're you're interacting with your coworkers, I like see. An internal investigation, for example. You know, okay. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants to have you know a, a contentious um, situation with a coworker. I mean, I think we can all agree on that one. Better to go to work and work and you know have pleasant interactions and go home. Sure. So if it is a work-related event, uh, do employers and employees need to concern themselves with adhering to company policies? And if so, Absolutely. why? Oh, they do. I'm sorry. They <laughs> do, huh? 
Yeah, well, um, here's the thing. Uh, when I think it's a good practice uh, to have communication before these events and to remind employees that although it's voluntary and although it is meant to be as a thank you and a year-end um, um, you know, lively and cheerful event, um, we don't want to um, say or do anything that would necessarily offend any of our coworkers. We want to be mindful of various perspectives. And, and therefore, uh, keeping in mind that um, dress code, um, you know, keep, I always say keep it clean. <laughs> keep, keep, it, keep it classy, keep it clean. Um, you also want to remind them of the policies against harassment, which isn't just sexual harassment. It could be any of the, the various characteristics that are protected, um, as well as, as, the, as um, just really in good taste, Keep keeping things in good taste. Okay, thank you. Now, um, according to our latest survey, 36% of companies who sponsor a party invite employees, spouses, and or significant others to attend the celebration. Now, how would you recommend employers approach adherence to company policies when non-employees are among the guests? Sure, sure. And, and, you know, one of the things um, that I want to, before answering that question is, um, and this has just been a personal uh, thought of mine for a variety of years, is um, I think it's great to, to allow uh, your employees to invite a spouse or significant other, but I would suggest that if someone doesn't have a spouse or a significant other, let's open it up to to those that could have a guest, uh, simply just a guest. So it could be, you know, a, a spouse, significant other, or friend, because then um, that could absolutely lend to and assist in one of the things that I like to do, which is encourage a designated driver. So, and then, you know, those single folks out there don't feel like they can't bring a guest. So diversity and inclusion with them, um, you know, Bringing a guest can can be of um, help in a variety of ways to make the the party more fun for the employee. It could also lend itself to a safer um, ride home. Um, but also, as far as to your question, how to recommend it, it, employers to get those non-employees? I think again, communication's the key here. Part of the gentle reminder that goes out prior to these events, which should include the reminders that, that um, we need to be um, inclusive and mindful of how our interactions will be taken by a variety of people. We want to say that part of the agreement for the guest, whoever that guest is, is that they're going to conduct themselves uh, in good taste professionally, not to suggest that we can't have fun, but we can have fun and still be mindful of the, um, you know, general professional decorum that you would want to have um, at an event. All right, great. Now, nearly any time the topic of holiday or office parties is discussed, alcohol consumption is a primary concern. Many experts recommend that employers do not serve alcohol at these events. Um, and the main concern, probably not the only one, about alcohol is that an employee may drink and drive. 
However, the reality is that many employers do provide or allow alcohol at these parties. According to BLR's Holiday Practices Survey, 46% of employers allow alcoholic beverages at these events. So if I'm an employer who has decided to provide alcohol, what best practices would you advise? Sure, and one of the things that um, I have is, is, uh, is a, as a personal as a personal practice, um, I always say good practices, not best practices, because I think that we can always improve. Um, so I think a good practice um, would be to, if you are going to serve alcohol, uh, would be to, if you're going to limit it, because that's been a, a is particular here in California, limitations, you know, two drinks, uh, drink tickets, that type of thing. Um, if you're going to limit it, I would explain why. And the why is because we want to make it fun and yet safe, and we want to encourage that. We also want to make sure under any circumstances, but particularly if alcohol is going to be served, that this is voluntary. Um, and then also, as I'd mentioned before, encourage a designated driver. Um, think about taxi vouchers or you know your favorite um, mobile app uh, driving service um, and think about that and either giving a discount or covering that charge but here's an additional twist on that which a lot of I don't think a lot of employers think about oftentimes what they'll do is say if you want to ride home uh, you know we want you to you know if you if you've found that you know either the alcohol has hit you harder or you just don't want to risk it, we'll give you a voucher or a discount or cover um, the, the charge so you can get home safely. But what part, the part that I always think about is, well, what, how are they going to get their car back? If they drive there, then how are they going to get their car? And a lot of people, it's my belief, that a lot of people don't exercise that because then they may not have a way to get their car back in the morning. So pay for both both um, trips there and back, or if someone drives themselves and then realizes I don't want to drive home, then pay for the one home and then the one back in the morning to get your car um, if they can't get a ride from somebody else. Say that you will pay both if you, you know, we encourage people to um, have, have a designated driver, but for whatever reason, we'll pay both ways. And again, that may seem like a lot, you know, it could be a, a pricey amount, but it's going to be nothing compared to um, the cost, let alone the potential cost of lives involved if something goes uh, awry. Um, and so that certainly is something that could be encouraged. Another thing that I don't think many uh, employers think about, but again, this goes to my work, we can constantly improve, is how about having some standard, my friend calls it, mocktails for everyone. So for example, you could have three drinks that are like a um, you know cucumber mint vodka drink, but the mocktail is the cucumber mint drink. It's prepared in the same exact way. It's just going to be non-alcoholic. Is it going to be a mocktail or is it going to be a cocktail? And with those in mind, it, it, it's not as if, um, you know, the only thing for someone who doesn't want to drink is 
either a you know a seven up or a ginger ale or something not very fun and festive um you know it's doing these types of things having some again it's a little bit of thought that goes a long way it's it it doesn't then um, result in just being a drinking party. So, for example, in addition to the mocktails, what about some fun activities? So it could be a casino night where you know people are betting um, and the money that they win perhaps could go to a charity. Um, so they're really trying to actually uh, win as much money as possible because that means that there's more money that's going to go to an adopted charity. Um, it could be a bowling event. Um, it could be something for an adopted charity. So, for example, maybe they are needing to um, – maybe they have gifts for a charity and they need them to be wrapped. People can, you know, wrap presents or something. Or, or you can have a variety of things going on for people to do other than just – quote, just, um, sit around and drink um, and, and, you know, and have bottles of uh, water tray passed around as well. It's just those little tiny things that help. Um, and then I would also encourage having uh, bottles of water as you're going out, um, out from the event. Again, it's just encouraging, um, you know, it, endeavoring to encourage safety and mindfulness that, that it's not just going to be a drink fest. Something else to think about is not just where the party's going to be, but when is the party going to be. So, for example, uh, one could have it either on a Saturday or a Sunday, a brunch event or lunch event or afternoon event. And oftentimes, as compared to an evening event, these types of events have a less chance of um, imbibing too much um, or excessively by many of the attendees. Uh, we want to be mindful not to necessarily have bottomless mimosas for the brunch, but think about um, how a brunch event or, or an afternoon event uh, may not be that same type of uh, evening um, drink fest. I think that was very helpful tips. Thanks for those. And now uh, let's turn to what many people see as the other big challenge, uh, and that's uh, maybe also related to alcohol, but that's sexual harassment. What can employers do to guard against things like sexual jokes, innuendos, unwanted sexual advances, or other uh, improper behavior? Okay. I like to, to say that, again, uh, this is going to sound like a broken record, but communication is the first step to the key to all of this. Gentle reminders that what we want to do is just because we're going to be having fun, don't forget to put your thinking cap on. This is not an opportunity to say something to someone that you've pined after all year do not do that. <laughs> you know, just just keeping it clean to your point about jokes or, you know, double entendres or what have you. Acknowledge in the reminder that, you know, uh, that alcohol, some, some see alcohol as liquid courage and you're going to encourage them as an employer not to uh, drink to the point where you're going to say something that you would not normally say in a, in a, to your coworker or in a, in a working environment. Um, again, keeping it clean, keeping it professional, keeping it fun, uh, keeping it safe. 
those types of things. Again, not talking down to employees, but again, just acknowledging that what we're here to do is have fun and say thank you for all the hard work. All right, so that's um, alcohol problems and harassment problems. What other things can potentially go wrong at, a, at one of these company holiday parties, uh, regardless of whether alcohol is served, that employers should be aware of and uh, guard against? Absolutely. I think that um, certain uh, topics of discussion can make what could be a fun event turn turn quickly uh, in another direction. It could be, uh, and we don't have to look very far for this, politics. Some <laughs> of the hot-button topics that are going on in the news, um, uh, religion, uh, that's brought up in some fashion. Um, you know, certain... Um, Unfortunately, I say, you know, the hot button topics can be a variety of ones, but it could be something that just happened in the news um, that day. It might be a shooting. There's been so many of them, and people um, tend to, a lot of people, it's been my experience anyway, that um, I don't think that they're thinking they're bringing up something that could be contentious or um, could create uh, something that's uncomfortable for folks. But they're just trying to make conversation. Um, so I think, again, in that communication, that gentle reminder of what the goals are for the party is that we want to be respectful of all views and perspectives. So consider before bringing up something that could be viewed as a hot button topic. Um, and that, that, you know, although you may want to discuss that with your friends or family, perhaps with guests where the goal is to have an enjoyable time, festive, and uh, in gratitude for hard work, that's not the time or place for it. There is, I think people can understand there's a time and place for everything, and what the point of this is, is to um, have a festive uh, time. Well, this is uh, great guidance for our listeners. So, Michelle, do you have any final thoughts you want to give to listeners who are planning their company's holiday party? You know, um, I, again, I think one of the big things is just just don't forget your thinking cap. You know, really kind of bring it down to a level where employees can um, relate to it, and that is, um, you know, we can't ensure necessarily, um, guarantee that there won't be a problem, but what we can do is get everyone invested in um, trying to make this as, uh, as enjoyable and as fun and as grateful as it's meant to be. And perhaps that is helping some of the uh, management level uh, individuals who will be attending, giving them some perhaps go-to ways in which to steer a conversation away from a hot-button topic if they might be overhearing it or asking questions, you know, get some, um, you know, always talk about pad responses, but how about some, you know, prepped, ready-to-go ways in which to bring a conversation more in a festive and thankful way. Well, that's very, very good. Um, Michelle, thanks a lot for joining us today and providing these helpful tips. 
Thank you so much. I, I really I really do enjoy this, and I really am um, an advocate for um, trying to make this the best that you can and everybody's safe and happy, uh, you know, the next morning. Well, thanks so much. Listeners, sure. please let me know what HR work should cover next. sbruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works. The opinions expressed on HR Works do not represent legal or any other type of professional advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice from a qualified attorney licensed in your state.